Come on, Shahari, we're on. Sing the song. What? what? Sing, sing, sing. What? 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 The song. I'm not, I'm not going to sing that song again, Tom. I already sang it six times on these podcasts. I want the song. Well, <clears throat> I have another one I could do. No, I'm terribly sorry, but I want that song. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're like my four-year-old grandson, Tom. <laughs> All he wants me to sing to him is a fox song. I, I'm going to sing the other song. All right, then I'll join you. <laughs> no, you won't. You don't even know the words. So just let me sing the song. I'm very talented. I don't have to know the words. <laughs> let me sing the song. more than thou showest, speak less than thou knowest, lend less than thou owest, ride more than thou goest, learn more than thou throwest, set less than thou throwest, beat thy drink and thy whore, keep in a door, and thou shalt have more than two tens to a score, beat thy drink and thy whore, keep in a door, and thou shalt have more than two Oh. We're back. We're Shahari back. Hans. <laughs> yes. Shahari Hans is my friend Tom Bentley Fisher. With our exploration of King Deer. And life. So where are we now? Before we start, I just wanted to say, you know, you actually do this quite well, Tom. What? What? Well, your portrayal of the fool is great. <laughs> you really have some, some potential. As an actor. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I mean, here you are, well-known theater director, acting teacher, giving master classes all around the world. But sometimes I have to say, as a part of my brain, I'm thinking, okay, man, you're telling us how to do all this stuff, connect to our characters on that deeper level of the spheres and the inner attitudes, and so we can be seen, become a beacon of some kind. What about you? You know, can you go there yourself? But now, <clears throat> hearing you do these parts, I mean, <laughs> you you can. I see that you're you're really doing you're you're, do, you're doing quite well. <laughs> oh, Shahari, <laughs> you know it's really hard for me to hear this. <laughs> you know, it's really hard for me to hear this. It really is. I mean, because um, I've always felt as an actor, I'm a fraud. I don't feel that as a director, as a writer, as a pianist, and certainly not as a singer. But <laughs> I don't know, you know, I guess I feel as if I have been a coward regarding acting because I always wanted to act. And when I was like 16, I was a professional actor until I was 24. And I didn't know if I was any good, but people kept hiring me. Um, but I was very vulnerable and I was very alone. And it's not my ex-wife's fault, but she did actually create an energy that made me stop I trusted her because she was so darn good and 40 years ago she told me that mm, uh, maybe I should give up acting and I made the mistake of handing over my own power to her and it isn't her fault it was me and I stopped just like that because I didn't think I was good. well it makes me feel disappointed that I gave a person that kind of power over me, and um, I think we all have, we all learn, we all change. Hopefully, I've changed. This is what I've been telling my students: you have to assume your own power. 
And you can't assume your own power unless you're willing to be seen. And I don't think it was, I was not willing to be seen, to be really seen, for the veils to drop. Just like Lear, all his veils drop. It's taking all my life to just maybe be seen a little bit. I'm in my 70s. And something's opened, something, you know, and it's allowing me to be seen and it's kind of glorious. And when I think back, I maybe think I could have been a good actor. A very good actor. I don't get, <laughs> you know, I don't get, <laughs> don't get too carried away now, you know. You still have a ways yes, to indeed. go. indeed, okay. Hang in there, well, hang in there. You'll, no, you'll know, get I it. Know. Well, maybe, but you know, I can always get <laughs> You'll maybe, get there eventually. Oh, go walk your dog, why don't you? Jesus. But you know, I do love the fool. And doing it makes me realize that I want to change my relationship with the fool. But let's keep going. So let's um, give a brief recap from the last episode. Skip the recap if you remember it. <laughs> Lear's been uh, <clears throat> totally betrayed by Goneril. Had a huge fight with her when she insulted his men and told him he couldn't bring them to his house, to her house. So now he goes to the other daughter, Regan. Sends her a letter with Kent. Regan abruptly puts Kent in the stocks. You know what the stocks are, Shahari? Yes. <laughs> Lear arrives on the scene and is totally flummoxed. <laughs> Can't figure out what is happening. Can't believe Regan would do this. Oh, how this mother swells up toward my heart. Hysterical passio down thou climbing sorrow, thy elements below. Where is this daughter? Then Regan walks in. Oh, good morrow to you. I am glad to see your highness. Regan, I think you are. I know what reason I have to think so. If thou, if thou should not be glad, I would divorce me from thy mother's tomb, sepulchring an adulteress. Ah, beloved Regan. Or thy sister's not. Oh, Regan. She hath tied sharp-toothed unkindness like a, like a vulture. Here, I can, I can scarce speak to thee without the not believe, with how depraved a quality of Reagan. Oh, I pray you, sir, take patience. I have hope. You less know how to value her desert than she to scant her duty. Say, how's that? I cannot think my sister in the least would fail her obligation. If, sir, perchance she have restraints, have restrained the riots of your, on your, of your followers, tis on such ground and to such wholesome end as clears her from all blame. Do you want to just read that again? Yes. I cannot think my sister in the least would fail her obligation. If, sir, perchance... She have restrained the riots of your followers. Tis on such ground and to such wholesome end as clears her from all blame. My curse is on her. Oh, sir, you are old. Nature in you stands on the very verge of her confine. You should be better ruled and led by some discretion that discerns your state better than you yourself. Therefore, I pray you, that to your sister you do make return. Say you have wronged her, sir. Ask her forgiveness? Do you, do you but, but mark how this becomes the house? Dear daughter, I confess 
that I am old. Age is unnecessary. On bended knees I beg for raiment, bed, and food. Good sir, no more. These are unsightly tricks. Return you to my sister. Never, Reagan. She had baited a half my train, looked black upon me, struck me with her tongue, most serpent-like upon the very heart. All the stored vengeances of heaven fall on her ungrateful top. Strike her young bones, you taking airs with lameness, you nimble lightnings, Dart your blinding flames into her, into her scornful eyes. Infect her beauty, you fen-sucked fogs, drawn by the powerful sun to fall and blast her pride. Oh, the blessed gods, so will you wish on me when the rash mood is on. No, Reagan, I should never have thy father's curse. Thy tender-hearted nature shall not give thee one to harshness. Her eyes are fierce, with iron to comfort, not burn. Tis not in thee to grudge my pleasures, to cut off my train, to bandy harsh words, to scant my sizes, in conclusion to oppose the bolt against my coming in. Thou better knowest the offices of nature, bonds of childhood, the effects of courtesy, the dues of gratitude. Thy, thy half of the kingdom, thou hast not forgot, which wherein I be endowed. Good sir, to the purpose. Who put my man in the stocks? Who stalked my servant. Reagan, I have of good hope thou didst not know not. I pray you, Father, being weak seems so. If, till the expiration of your month, you will return and sojourn with my sister, dismissing half your train, come then to me. Return to her? And fifty men dismissed? No, rather, I abjure all roofs and choose to wage enmity of the air to be a comrade with the wolf and owl. Necessity's sharp pinch. Return with her? At your choice, sir. I can be, I, I can be patient. I can, I can stay with you and my hundred nights. I dare avouch it, sir. What, fifty followers? Is it not well? What should you need of more? Yea, or so many. How in one house should many people under two commands hold amity? Tis hard, almost impossible. If you will come to me, for now I spy a danger, I entreat you to bring but five and twenty. To no more will I give place or notice. I, I gave you all. And in good time you gave it. I made 
you and your sister, my, my guardians, my depositors, but kept a reservation to be followed with such a number. If I must have come to you with five and twenty? Reagan said you so. Hear me, my lord, what need you five and twenty, ten or five, to follow in a house where twice so many have a command to tend you? What need one? <gasps> oh, reason not the need, our basest beggars are in the poorest things superfluous. Allow not nature more than nature needs man's life as cheap as a beast. Our lady, <laughs> only to go warm or gorgeous. My nature needs not what gorgeous, whereas scarcely keeps thee warm. But for true need, oh, you heavens, give me that patience, patience I need. You see me here, you gods, a poor old man, full of grief as age, wretched in both. And if it, if it be you, Let's stir these daughters' hearts against her father. Fool me <laughs> not so much to bear it tamely. Touch me with noble anger. Let not women's weapons, <laughs> water drops, stain my manly cheeks. You unnatural hags. I will have such revengeances on you both that all the world shall I know I I I know not what they shall be. But they'll be the terrors of the earth. And you think I'll weep? No, I'll not weep. I have I have full cause of weeping. But this heart shall break into a hundred thousand flaws ere I weep. Fool, I shall go mad. So there you have it. End of the first act, I guess. Lear has given his kingdom away, banished his favorite daughter and his best friend. He's expecting to live out the rest of his days, staying in with his other two daughters and keeping all the attributes of a king, including his hundred best-trained knights. Yeah. And Goneril. <laughs> and then Reagan. I mean, he had such hope coming to Reagan, that she would take care of them. <laughs> Just falls in line with Goneril. They've removed everything, leaving him with nothing. Setting him up for the nursing home, sitting in his wheelchair somewhere, nothing to do, nowhere to go. 
Not what he expected. But still a comfortable life. He doesn't want comfort. Rejects it. He won't accept his faith being dealt to him. I abjure all ruths, he says. Choose to wage war against the enmity of the air as a comrade to the wolf and owl. And that's exactly what he does. He just wanders off into the wilderness. He has Kent with him, Gloucester looking out for him too. But essentially, he's alone. And his greatest fear It's in the last line, oh fool, I shall go mad. So we're back to the beginning we had, the, the, the conversation we had at the beginning. What does this play about? Is it Lear going mad? I'm going to do that again. So we are back to the conversation we had at the beginning. What is this play about? Is it Lear going mad? At the age of 80, everything has been stripped away from him. He is laid bare and has nothing left to shore up him. All of the external foundations of his persona are gone. Nothing left, absolutely nothing. He's wandering out of the heaths now with nothing and nowhere to go facing the wilderness. This is a hero's journey. It's the stuff of myth. And in a way, it is the myth of our time, isn't it? With nothing left, what are we to do? Just wither away and die in our wheelchair, in the nursing home, staring at the walls? What happens when everything is removed from you and you have to stare the stark realities of existence in the eye? Well, you know, this kind what of pressure do? Was from it from side, go? it could drive someone mad. And we're waiting to see that play, aren't we? Lear going mad with flowers in his hair. Is this where the journey leads? Or is he on a hero's journey and will finally discover who he really is, emerge as his clear, conscious, authentic self? So we're at the end of podcast four. We told you fascinating stuff, right? I bet you're binging on this already. I bet you are. And to end our podcast, I will sing you a song. Ah. Ah, and I will play the piano. <laughs> no. I will play the piano, and you won't play the piano, but you can sing if you want to. All right. I would love to sing. <laughs> yes. They're Good. All waiting. I'm glad. You can play the next time, bring your piano. <laughs> no, seriously, you could bring your piano. I got my guitar. You bring your piano for the next podcast. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, we'll give it a try. <clears throat> Have more than thou shows. Speak less than thou knows. Lend less than thou owes. Write more than thou goest. Learn. More less than thou throwest, set less than thou throwest, eat thy drink in thy hoard, keep in a door, and thou shalt have more than two tens to a score. Eat thy drink in thy hoard, keep in a door, and thou shalt have more than two tens to a score. I know. That wasn't very good. <laughs>